Even if, even if the sun ceases to rise, even if the wind stops to blow, but the name of Sligo Rover will shine and shine forever. This is the Rovers Review on Ocean FM and to mark the 40th anniversary of Sligo Rovers' first FAI Cup title success in 1983. We're going to look back on that famous cup run which transfixed the town, a county and a community for a period in late April in 1983. The 24th of April 1983 was the date of the cup final. The venue was a rain-sodden Dalyman Park in Dublin. The final was the FAI Cup decider against Bohemians and the team in red was Sligo Rovers. Here's a reminder of the key Sligo Rovers moments that were described on television 40 years ago by the commentator of that FAI Cup final for RTE Sport, Ger Canning. Of course, Sligo without their trump card for the second half with the absence of Chris Rutherford through injury. Just two in the wall. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. As over it comes, Elliot Stenson! 1-1! 12 minutes gone in the second half. And Sligo have come back into the match. And they've done it in style. It came from a free kick. Tony Stenson was all unmarked as the ball slipped by Andy Elliott. Stenson was lurking at the edge of the far post, met it beautifully on the volley, right into the corner, 1-1. It's a whole new ball game now. Jamison lets it slide forward towards Rocky O'Brien, a tackle from Graham Fox. And MacDonald is in a back for Harry McLaughlin, who's got a bit of space. And he's got two players inside him. The little trip. Oh, that's a beautiful goal by McLaughlin. Truly a goal to win a cup final. With 13 minutes to go to the end, Stenson played it forward to McDonnell. On for McLaughlin. Good running here by McLaughlin, but finding gaps at the back. Looked up, spotted the goalkeeper was off his line and plants it in the corner. It's 2-1. So... Sligo on their way to their first cup final victory they lead by two goals to one more of the second half performance and the supporters are jubilant with just seconds remaining on the watch and Gilligan makes a break on the far side Elliot Elliot trying to go by Dermot O'Neill as Gilligan was coming in a second time. There it is. The cup has been won by Sligo Rovers. What scenes there will be after this match. The first time they've ever won the cup. 
Stenson had a great match indeed. Lying on the ground. And McLaughlin who scored the cup winning goal. He can't believe it. Paul Fielding, the manager. Their sixth attempt to win the cup. And they've done it at last. And Paul Fielding, after a disastrous league campaign, is the first manager ever to bring the cup to Connacht. Mick Graham, one of the subs, who did his bit in Cork on Easter Sunday to score that goal three minutes from the finish against Cove Ramblers. Tony Stenson, he got the first of the Sligo goals. estimate that there must be between five and six thousand Sligo supporters here at this match and they're certainly going to enjoy themselves and there's the cup what celebrations there will be in Sligo not just tonight not just tomorrow night when they come back with the cup but right throughout the next week and those amazing banners a little too difficult to read from this angle it's the Eski Supporters Club, I think. And whatever the message says, the meaning, I'm sure, is much the same. They expected their team to do it, and they've done it. And there, just to the right of the picture, gone out of picture, was Ray McSharry. Just to the right of the celebrations there, as John Farrell gives the cup to Tony Fagan. Fagan having lost in three cup finals, wins a cup medal. And there it is, a moment for every Sligo supporter to savour. Tony Fagan takes the cup for the first time back to Sligo. Tremendous scenes of joy and celebration. Andy Elliott there with the top of the cup on his head. Paul Fielding being swallowed up by one of the players. The manager who told me this morning that everything was just right. The team were in good form and they've showed it. Conditions were pretty bad out there. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. due to the good football. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, I don't have to say or to you that I'm sure you're feeling great. <laughs> On top of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in the history books. Well, Harry, thanks for talking to me. You must be feeling really oh, great at this time. Brilliant at the moment. I just had sunk in you, but tonight we're going to have the town, boy. Yeah, well, you really are a part of history yeah. now. 58 years, and finally it's come to Sligo. Did you think yeah, there was any problems at half time when you were one goal down? Oh, they were well in. It's just a matter of we didn't get enough men forward. And I think in the second half, we really pushed them, and we made sure we were made off two great goals. And I'm just happy for Tony Stenson and Tony Fagan. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, you had a bit of a problem when uh, Chris Rutherford went off. Yeah, we had a bit of a problem. Did it uh, throw you off the game for a minute or two? It didn't, and then they scored a goal because we missed Chrissy in there, but after that, Denny, when he got injured, I thought that was it, but it's Denny, man that he has played on, and he controlled Jameson, that was it. Well, Nick, thanks for talking to me, and especially thanks for being the week. Because Gilligan, you must be feeling really great, you're part of a historic team. Well, this was the old song, the bubbly burst in there. Well, Gus, how are you feeling at the moment? Nothing uh, to ask you, really, at the moment. I can't, words can't describe me. So. Unbelievable. How did you feel at halftime when you were one goal down? Did you think there was uh, any problems? No, I thought uh, the second half we come in the, in the first half and we went out and we said, lads, look, it's there for the taking. And the boys went out and we played different class. We battled and we beat them in every way. And now we've, we've made history. 
Well, Jackie Jemison did turn out to be that little bit of a threat. Uh, every time he got the ball, he looked like he could do something with it. That's but he was well contained in the end. That's true. Denny. Denny and Foxy done a great job on him. You know, Big Chris got an injury in the first half, but still, the lad's done a great job on him. And we took our chances. And that's, that's the height bit. Well, Gus, thanks very much for talking to me. And uh, I'm sure the celebration will be going on long into the week. I think so. A right. really historic moment for Sligo. Thanks for talking thanks to me. Like well, Chris Rutherford, you had to come off uh, early and it was a bit of a tragedy for Sligo. I think every Sligo supporter's heart uh, dropped for a minute there when you went off. Uh, you must be really feeling good. You, you made your contribution last time. I'm top of the world. I've never felt happier in my life. What was the injury? Was the head injury from last? Oh no, it's an ligament injury I suffered last week. You know. Well, it must be feet. You must be feeling great to be part of this historic team. I'm on top of the world. I've never felt happier. Mick Graham, you made your contribution towards getting Sligo Rovers into the final. Unfortunately, you didn't get on the field today. You are very, very near to it. <laughs> Not quite. must feel great that you uh, made your contribution. Uh, feels great to just be part of it, like, you know, see the lads like they are now. Tremendous. You know, I can imagine how bored are feeling at this moment. We're just delighted. No, couldn't believe the scenes outside. Yeah, well, your your injury obviously had cleared up. Uh, you were able to be uh, picked as a substitute. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I'm sure you would like to have got a little run around for the final. Anyway, oh, disappointed yeah. that you didn't get that. I'm a bit disappointed though, but we got the right result in the end. So it doesn't really matter now, does it? Well, Mick, thanks very much for talking to me. And the best of luck. It's okay. <laughs> well, Tony Fagan, you must be the happiest man out of the whole 22 or 23 that were actually playing today. You finally cracked it and got your leak or your problem. Oh, I'm delighted. But in accepting that trophy today, I accepted it for everyone at home. And I don't know, I can't express how delighted I am. You know. <laughs> Well, Tony, it was it was definitely looking a little bit dodgy at uh, half time when there was one ball down again. But you proved once again that a dislike or over team are never down or never out. You came back fighting fit in the second half and played a really That's great fun. half. Well, I thought that we played bad in the first half, but we can make more in the second half and we can get much longer, so we just cut down space and... Well, at the moment, uh, one of the uh, uh, team from the 1970 Cup final has just joined Tony Fagan and congratulate him. David Pugh. David, you must be feeling very happy for Sligo Rovers. I can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Happy for Sligo Rovers. I'm happy for all of Sligo Rovers. It was a, a great game, fantastic. wasn't it? Fantastic. The second half was an absolute blinder. It was just guts to for them, nothing else. And it's funny what you would agree with me. It wasn't skill, it was guts, wasn't it? I mean, to see Harry's goal, I mean, just something like that you're eating. It's magic. Look, it's you, look, you don't see it off, you know what I mean? No. Only if I like him. It was the goal worthy of winning a cup final, wasn't it? And Benny's goal was a great goal as well. Harry's goal was just out of the blue, and he just caught the keeper at the airport and what is he able to go like that? So. Well, Tony, thanks for talking to me and I'm sure the uh, celebrations will be going on during the week. We'll be talking to you again right, before the week. Thanks very much. Well, Colin Oakley, you were a little bit worried about talking to me before the uh, second semi-final replay and uh, you're a little bit superstitious, but uh, how do you feel now that you've actually won the cup final and part of a Sligo team that won um, the cup final? Well, if I'm dreaming, you know, don't wake me up because it's absolutely fantastic. I just cannot believe it, honestly. That's it. The highlight of what I've done, you know, I can't believe it. It beats me for England, well, nearly. <laughs> well, it was an absolutely great second half performance. And uh, I'm sure you were a little bit worried at half time being one down against Bowles because uh, they're always a hard team to score against. Yeah, we were the, <laughs> we the same against Cobb Browns. We were 2 0 down, but we came back and 1 0 down. We thought we had a chance. We got two. What a two brilliant goals. 
Well, they were two goals oh. worthy of a cup final. In fact, it, uh, the second half was really good cup final football, wasn't it? Oh, and it went to them. I thought they won. I thought the crowd came for so we give them that. So. Well, I think most of the supporters in the ground were shouting for Sligo Rovers anyway. Oh. Well, Colin, thanks for talking to us. And I hope Tell me Cup for Nova very much, 24 now. Tremendous. Looking forward to many more. You had to do a little bit of a rearranging there when uh, Big Chris had to go off. Did you feel that it was going to uh, put you off your game or anything, having to, to make such a, a change so early in the game? Uh, it took us out our stride for, for a wee while to get sorted out, but as soon as we got sorted out, there was no problem at all. And in the end, to be honest, I thought we could have won by more. Well, we nearly had another one there in the very closing stages. Uh, the defence actually uh, came out very well. They played united together very nicely, and the second half was in particular was very good. As I said, it took us a while to get to grips with the situation, but as soon as we got it sorted out, we found no problem. And it just goes to show tremendous character for the whole side. And I'm, I'm tremendously pleased for the likes of Tony Pagan, Tony Stanson. They've been with the club so long, and they've been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. Sligo people, of course, is, is tremendous. Well, Graham Fox, uh, congratulations, and uh, thank you for talking to us. Thank you. Well, Martin McDonald, uh, finally clicked it. How does it feel to be part of a team that has won the FAI Cup for Sligo Rovers? Very good. It hasn't really sunk in yet, I don't think. It's probably just sinking later on. Well, when we were one down at half time, did you have any uh, fears that uh, maybe you couldn't achieve uh, for it twice in a row to come back from being down, especially against a team no. like Bohemian? No, I always thought we had the chance, you know. I always thought if we got one, we could always get the two. I think everybody battled, and we got it. Was it. Well, it, it was an absolutely great second half performance. And you had a great game yourself. You were covering back in the fence and all the rest of it. Uh, what were the conditions like out there? It seemed to be very slippery. It started off the first half. The pitch was very hard, and the second half it very very slippery. The ball was skidding off the ground an awful lot. So it was difficult for goalkeepers for anybody really, you know. Well, I'm sure you'll be celebrating for a few days anyway. Oh, definitely. I think uh, Sligo is going to erupt for the next few days, and you have a civic reception and everything coming up. So you remember this uh, day for the rest of your life. Definitely. Well, Martin, thanks very much and congratulations again. Thanks very much. Michael Savage, how are you? <laughs> Unbelievable, John. Well, yesterday when we were talking, you were optimistic that you were going to do it. At half time today, one down. How did you feel at that stage? Did you think you could uh, achieve it again two weeks in a row and come back? We never lost hope in ourselves. We always knew we were capable of doing it. I think in the second half, we proved that we're, a pretty, we're not brilliant, but a very, very good team. I think there was no time at any time at half time that we thought we were going to lose it. We, we were always going to keep chugging away, and that's what we've done. We battled away, and we came good, and the two goals we got were. That goal of Harry's would win any cup. Any cup but there were really two really great goals, weren't there? Tremendous, tremendous. I can see Sydney turned on it brilliantly, knocked it away, but then Harry's one to crown it all well. And as we were saying yesterday, Jackie Jemison did uh, turn out to be that bit of a threat because he was always he very dim. I still thought that we'd done a good job and we didn't let him really settle on it that well. He, he played one or two good flicks, but in all, I thought we did a good job on him. Well, Michael, congratulations and uh, thanks for talking to us. And I'm sure you'll be celebrating for the uh, next few days. Anyway. For sure, that's for sure. It's done. Uh, thank you. Well, Andy Elliott, I think it would be uh, fair to say that you had your best game in a Tiger Rovers shirt for yeah. a good few uh, months now. And you really turned it on today. Very, very good game of it. How do you feel now? Well, uh, the first half was a bit physical, like, and I, I, I was running about working hard, like, things weren't really going well for us, and they got a goal just before half time, so they was over the moon, but 
in the second half, the Rovers had just destroyed them, and we were brilliant. The moves and the two goals up were fantastic. Well, the two goals were two of the best goals I've seen for a long time. They were really worthy of the uh, cup. I, I don't know. I, People say to me that I haven't seen Adam McLaughlin play, but today he was just out of this world. That goal was superb, and Tony Spencer was brilliant again. I feel a bit sorry for Chris Rutherford. He's battled all season, and he got injured straight away. Bit of a cut on his knee, so I just feel a bit sorry for him. Although all the lads are just out of this world. Brilliant, unbelievable. 1-0 down in cup final, 2-1 Fantastic. Yes, well, uh, Chris Rutherford had to go off pretty early in the game. Did you feel at that stage that I might uh, throw you off the game a little bit, that the reorganisation at that early in, in a cup final could have been uh, a little bit dodgy? Yeah, yeah, maybe for any other team, but like, we've got Paul Field in the year. You can just put him on, right, and he'll do a job there. And it's Graham Fox, you know, any position, like, he'll play at the back, any, on in the back four. Just brilliant, and it's just cold, fantastic, unbelievable the work. Really great. And even, all I've got to say is all the backroom staff, Thanks very much. All the crowd, magic, unbelievable. Colin Oakley there looking at me. <laughs> he's over the moon and seven. He's over moon. the moon there. Mick, Mick Graham, the big hand for Mick because he scored the one that got us here. What will do for me? Well, Andy, thanks for talking to me and congratulations once again. Okay, I'm part of history. Yeah, I've just got a little message from my girlfriend. Just thought I love it. All right, mate. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, John Chatter, how do you feel after this? You know, mate, I'm overexcited. Comment. I waited to see 1976 77. Now, this is another my desire has been fulfilled. And I waited to see, live, live to see that day now, you know. Well, John, at half time, did you think uh, maybe that uh, the old bogey was I still was there? still sure because we did the same thing with the Coves and we were sure. And that was our day because the luck was turning and the luck paid its dividend today. Well, it took a long time to get her, but I was looking around her, everybody seems to be over the moon. It was worthwhile to wait for that day and we got our day today, you know. And we were all thrilled and I'm overexcited. Well, I think uh, that it makes it doubly great that uh, it was both we beat and we beat them in great style. Yeah, that's right, you know. We beat them in a great style, you know. And it was great, the boys were wonderful and we had a great game. You must be a very happy man at the moment. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. It's not a sunk in yet. Like I said before, you know, I'll, we'll win it first and then I'll let it sink in. But, you know, um, <laughs> give it a while anyway. <laughs> well, you're in the history books and as I predicted yesterday, you're going to be a living legend. Uh, at half time, did you feel anywhere worried uh, being one goal down? Both are all the top team to score again. Of course, yeah, we had problems. Chris Rutherford for a start going off, you know, and then I came on myself and we, it took us a while to sort things out at the back. So, uh, obviously, I was worried, you know, after seeing the goal straight afterwards. But, so, you know, at half time, we thought, well, what are we going to lose? We might as well go out and have a go at them, you know. Like I said, the last two cup miles we haven't scored, so we've nothing to lose today. So, I think well, we proved it. We went out and we had a go and. and Bohemians wilted, you know. Well, have you any major plans for next season, or have you thought about that yet? No, with a look at the draw, we might we might play Manchester United in the Cup Winners' Cup. <laughs> that would be really good. That's, right. that's my dream. That's my dream. So you're a very happy man. I am. Yeah, you know, so the boys will just have a few drinks tonight. We'll celebrate. So and we'll bring the cup home to Sligo tomorrow. Paul Fielding, the Sligo Rovers manager, speaking to Radio Sligo's Tommy Brennan in the Dalymount Park dressing room after that 1983 FAI Cup final win. We'll hear more from Paul shortly, but on the Monday evening, the team returned home to Sligo. The late Peter Hennessy of Radio Sligo attempted to describe the scene on O'Connell Street. Rovers are home! Unbelievable! It's unbelievable! They're all dancing and jumping all out of this. Really unbelievable. The boys are all in the back of a truck. And it's just 
for want of a better word, unbelievable. And they're just passing me now, and the crowd are just going unbelievably mad. They're really dragging the boys, and there he goes. And big wave from the boys. I see Martin Savage nearly grab off a truck there. Tony Stinson's nearly in tears. That's Harry McLaughlin. How you doing, Harry? And that crowd are really going mad. Stinson and Harry McLaughlin, the heroes of the day. No problem at all. Unbelievable. I'm getting murdered here. There's a Brian in the middle of it there with his little hat on. It's just unbelievable. I'm stuck up against the car here. <laughs> unbelievable. Sligo's home. Sligo is really home. The Rovers are home. Peter Hennessy describing the homecoming in 1983 of the new Sligo Rovers FAI Cup winners. And that footage is also available online. Search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. 40 years on from that memorable homecoming, members and connections of that famous 1983 Sligo Rovers team gathered at the showgrounds this weekend as special guests for the Sligo Rovers UCD League of Ireland game last night, which Rovers won by three goals to one. They were introduced to the crowd at half-time by MC for the evening, Tommy Gorman, himself a lifelong Sligo Rovers fanatic. And beforehand, before kick-off, there was a get-together as well. We'll hear from Tommy Gorman later, but first, a selection of interviews from the reunion last night, beginning with the captain himself, Fagel. You don't think about it every day, like, for the last 40 years. But, I mean, since they come up with this idea, my mind's there going back to the the times that we had all through the years. And when we started that cup run, as I said to you, like, they appointed Paul as as manager. And we weren't the best, but our job that year was to kind of probably stay out of relegation and whatnot. And, like, like every team, you have an even chance on a... A cup match, so it started off as I say with home firm, and we won that one nil. And then the next thing was Shamrock Rovers in the quarterfinals, and we beat them two one in the showgrounds. And, and remind me who scored the winning goal against Shams? Well, I happened. We, we it was one one, and it, I think it was about five or six minutes to go. And there's a free kick yes, into the box, and, and there was this fellow was going to take it, and that fellow was going to take it, and I said, if you touch that ball, say. <laughs> So I hit it with the, the, the hole of the west behind me. and it At flew, the shed end. At the shed end, and it flew into the corner of the net. And from there, I mean, we went on to this famous Cove Sligo Rovers matches in the semi-final, which was a, a great boost for the players because, as I said before, it, it bonded us together because there was every three games we were nearly playing up and down the Cove and up to, they were back to Sligo and whatnot. So we had much time. I mean, eventually we came after a hard fought. Gus Gilligan got, I think it was a, an extra time winner here. Now, look, as I said to you, 40 years ago is a long time. but And then we had only a week to survive to play Bowes in the final. You played in your first FAI Cup final in 1970, so you had to lose a few to win one. Yes, you had, and as I said to you, 
it was very hard for me to accept that time as a local um, because it, it, it wasn't that like we were in cup finals every year. I mean, I was years supporting them and I never seen them in a final. So for me to get to a cup final in 1970 was brilliant. And the occasion kind of got to me. It's hard to believe, but I mean, I find it hard that people can play their, their cup finals on their own pitch. And it happened that, look, after three games, they eventually beat us 2-1. But I, I, I took it very hard because I was a local and... Yeah, I understand that. Did you think it wasn't going to happen for you in terms of winning the FAI Cup? Yes, because after losing the 1971 and then the 78, we lost to a, a penalty kick against Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk then was in 81. So, like, my time was running out and you don't stay around for that long. And, as I say, nobody expected us to go to the final that year and eventually we did. And people say, try and take, it, take in everything of the day. But... I probably can take in something of the, the game, the finals I lost. But I mean, the final that we won, I couldn't take anything, anything because the the excitement that we gave the people it was on it was unbelievable. I mean, there was thousands on the pitch, and I knew every one of them from all the years supporting the club. Do you remember the cup lift itself in the rain at Dillyman Park? Because I think the lid of the cup flew into the air, uh, the well, base it, of the cup flew into the air. It, it did. So, so we were on the pitch and what happened was I think they were going off to Brussels or someplace for a, a European thing and they wanted us up but of course you couldn't tell that to the Sligo Rover supporters and we were held back there and so eventually we were up but but I didn't realise that the base was a, there was a half a tree in it <laughs> so when I was lifting it I was trying to lift this half a tree and a cup and as I said to you one went one way and the other so that's what eventually happened. But look, uh, but you got the main bit up in the air, all right. But that was it. And as I said, look, uh, you, you know by the ways I done it that I wasn't used to this lifting trophies. But eventually, anyway, look, uh, we got it. And is that finally the best moment of your career? Oh, I, I'd, I'd say definitely it was because as I say, nobody expected us to win the game, and everyone, I think, on the Saturday. In one of the papers, that they were asking all the, 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 the 10 or 11 managers who was going to win it. And every one of them said Bowes were going to win it favourite. Only one, Patsy McGowan, said, me head says Bowes, but me heart says Sligo. And he was the only one. But as I said to you, look, against all the odds, and on, on the day, we were fair the better team. You know, like we went to goal down, as I said to you, we played them on their home pitch, and we came back with two great goals and you know one final word on their two goal scorers that day who aren't here for the reunion but they're guys who are a central part of that run Harry McLaughlin and Tony Stenson ah yeah well I mean the, the service I mean the Stenny gave Stenny came way back in the, the 70s you know like and he was part of the, part of the, the club and just before, in the first half, then he got a bad injury. Look, it, it was a bad injury. There was a stud in his leg, yeah. if memory serves me. Yeah, well, there was a, there was, there was a hole in his shin, but that's, he should have worn shin guards. And, and I Did told, he not wear shin guards? No, and I told him, the idea is to give it, put the hole in the other fellow's leg before he gets you. That's the idea of tackling. So, um, but only for James, 
Tiernan came down and he said, Stenny, look, you'll be okay. He patched him up. He just patched him up and that's all Stenny needed. But I mean, dim days, there was no injections or anything. So you just put a strapping on it and you went out and played. And what about Harry McLaughlin's uh, Harry, goal? Well, Harry is, was an exceptional player. He got great goals in semi-finals for us and whatnot against Waterford couple, uh, in 81, I think, as well. And Harry was that type of a player. And... He, we, I expect, I didn't expect him to, to get that, but I mean, the way he done it, you know, like, I mean, it, it was definitely that's where Harry is, you know, special. Well, two men here with me now: Mick Ferry and Martin McDonnell from 1983. When I say 40 years ago, Mick Ferry, does it make you feel old? Certainly does. Trying to remember can be a bit of a problem, <laughs> but no, all memories are good. Uh, when you just come here and you see the faces at the moment, like, you know, it brings it all back to you. And well, just to see everybody here, it's, it's great, like, you know. I'm glad to hear your Donegal accent hasn't changed. You're living in Bally Buffet. You were Donegal born and bred. But the Sligo Rovers chapter for you was very special. It certainly was. Uh, as I said, back in 81, as I didn't realise, coming from Donegal, how much playing for Sligo meant because there were a lot of Donegal dairy players playing that time. But in 83, it was totally different. Like, you know, it was uh, the atmosphere around the town and around the hospital where I worked. It was all talk about the football, the cup final. Everybody wanted to talk to you out in the street. You know, it was unreal at the time, like, you know. So, again, it's just the memories of them things that come back to you. You remember lots of things when you, you know, so. And as one of the senior members of the team, how did you feel about young whippersnappers? Like, maybe you weren't the senior member, but you know what I mean. How did you feel about the young whippersnappers like Martin McDonald trying to break their way into the starting eleven? We needed them <laughs> <laughs> to do the running for us. <laughs> Martin, what was it like for you coming into this team? Like, you were, what, just going 20, well, breaking into the Sligo Rovers team, or had you been there for a while beforehand? Well, I'd, I'd, well I was only 20 that, 20 that year, but I'd been with Patsy McGowan, brought me in two years before that, and I'd been in and out of the team up to that. But uh, Patsy had left then, and Paul obviously took over. I got a more a longer run because he took obviously some of the players back to Donegal with him that time, you know? But it was, um, it's, 83 was probably one of those occasions in your life where you, you just never forget. You know, you'll forget it for a while, but somebody, somebody in the town would always say to you about, you won the cup in 83, yeah, you know. You know, and at times people would say, well, you won the cup in 94. And I said, I did, yeah, in 83 as well, but, oh, you're there in 83, yeah. So, look, it's, you know. Yeah. Mick, when you think back about it now, what was the secret of this team's success? Because the, the league wasn't going brilliantly, but... Why did it click with the cup, do you think? I, as I always said, it was down to the four matches against Cove. They really hardened us up because Cove were a more experienced team than we were. They had hardened professionals playing with them. So uh, every game we played with them was real tough. And we had to show character to come back. The two games we did come back in. And uh, it was never over till the last kick of the game, more or less, you know. But uh, the four matches brought us all together camaraderie in the group then and after one in against Cove our belief was that nobody was going to stop us now not even Bose who were at that time one of the best teams in the league had the best players nobody thought that Sligo were going to win it not even the, I suppose the the what would I say the Sligo Rovers supporters we hoped that they would win it but 
and they end up we did win it and uh, again I, I put it back to the four matches against Cove was the was a factor. Do you still have your winners' medals? Yes, uh, I knew. I used to know where they are. I don't know where they are now. <laughs> but they're somewhere there. They're somewhere in the house. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And are you sentimental about football memorabilia, Mick? Well, I like to keep stuff. I have the the medals from before. I give two jerseys away in the cup finals to the to the club to the to the heritage group. Yes. There, that was I, a nice touch. Yeah, I was I was up here at the Ballotown match. Yeah. I presented them, which was a lovely occasion because. People here appreciate it, you know, I appreciate it having them, but they're going to lie in an attic somewhere at home, so I decided to hand them over to the to the, the heritage group. For the younger generation, finally, Mick, listening to this programme, they know a bit about Martin McDonnell. As a nine-year-old, I always remember you as kind of one of the Rovers' hard men in 83. Was that an accurate description? Probably hard but fair. Not not a not a Fago type player. <laughs> I, I was never booked. <laughs> uh, but is it lovely to be part of the first Sligo Rovers team to lift the cup? Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, the first is probably well, the first is the best. I mean, I, you know, '83 was the one for me. We, I won in '94, but. 83 is the one that I talk about and that I remember more, you know, more off. So, look, I mean, the homecoming in 83 was just... There was no mobile phones that time, like, you know, and there was only a few stations on the telly you could get that time as well. But the crowd that, you know, was, that we received, the homecoming we received, was just something that you'd live for, forever. You look fit enough, guys, that you could chance a five-a-side on the Sean Fallon Centre turf here, could you? Looks can be deceiving. <laughs> We, we might talk out and the movement might be slow but the walking football we might try it <laughs> but no it's still good to be good to be here and be able to talk about things and reminisce with the rest of the boys here and as Martin says we, we're part of history and that's the thing that, that's, that's great about it like you know you can go anywhere in Sligo and people remember you and want to talk to you about 83 so it's great to be able to come back and talk about things like that this is Chris Rutherford, centre-half on the 83 team, the partner in crime with Tony Stenson. Or I always put Chris Rutherford and Tony Stenson together. And because of 83, I probably still do. Do you? Um, yeah, I love playing with Stenny. I, mean, I like playing with Davey Pugh, who's another great player. You know, but he's, he was a little bit years on, so he was... You know, so it's myself and Stenny then, and we've got a good partnership. He was all left foot, I was all right foot, and it worked. Uh, it's only when I listen back to the 83 commentary, I forgot you got injured early on in that final. I did. I, we have so many games against Cove, Cove Ramblers, like things were, my knees were getting a bit stiff and whatever, and I was really struggling after 18 minutes with my left knee, and I said, well, I'm just a waste of time staying here. It was a fella called G- Jackie Jameson. Yeah, he was their star turn. Start playing. I said, no, not. I'm hoping hell of me being able to look after them and stop them from scoring. And was that hugely frustrating, having to go off at Dailyman Park in the cup final? Um, it was a disaster, but I knew in my heart that I was helping the players by going off. Because Paul Field had come on and he could do the job much better than I could with a dodgy knee. Okay. <laughs> and you had done the work by helping Rovers get to the final, by scoring more than once in that semi-final uh, four-game extravaganza with Cove. Yeah, well, that's, there's, there's goods and bads in it. Like, you know, we're playing the four matches. That damaged me knee. We're playing the four matches. got just to the final. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you have to take it one way or another. Yeah. I mean, 
Uh, you don't compare 77 and 83, but inter- when you're looking back on your highlights with this club, where do you rank the 83 success? Um, the, but the real big success for me was the 77. Yeah. You know, and that, that law must be top of, the, top of the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but the cup one was special too. Oh, it's very special because it's the first time we won it, so it's... You know, it was a great achievement and it was local players in the team, you know, good good management, great supporters. So it was a real, real um, happy time in my life. Yeah, yeah. And you guys got on pretty well. I mean, you'd keep in touch with some of these 83 teammates, would you? I would, and, and, and uh, you know, the longer it goes on, you know, the first 10 years you're on the phone regular, regular, yeah. this is happening, that's happening, yeah. and then gradually, gradually, but it's great to see it now, like, yeah. like some great mates like Graham Fox and yeah. Paul Field, and, you know, we're all together, like. Yeah, 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 and it's nice to be part of that first cup winning team. Ah, special, really special, yeah. I was delighted for the supporters, the best supporters that I would have played under anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you're one of the guys who never left Sligo. You made Sligo your home, so you, you've become invested in this club over the last 40 years. Well, well s- staying in Sligo, to me, it's given me a really, really, really good life. You know, I married, married a lovely Sligo girl and with three lovely children together, so I'm as happy as anybody in the world. Well, this is one of the Sligo Rovers 1983 cup-winning heroes at the back and a man who had lots of experience going into that campaign, Graham Fox. When you think back 40 years on, Graham, are the memories still vivid or has time changed things? Um, times, times have changed massively, as, as everyone knows. But uh, no, the memories will never go away because... Uh, even even not only the cup run, even before in the mid-70s when, when I was uh, living in Sligo, the Sligo people have always been absolutely fantastic towards me. They've treated me really well and I couldn't speak highly enough of them. It's, it's been fantastic to be associated with Sligo. There are probably some Sligo Rovers supporters, if you say Graham Fox, they have to think for a second, but if they say Foxy, they know straight away who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, I've always been known as Foxy and it's, 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 it's uh, like I said before, it's very humbling uh, the way that the supporters have treated me and I couldn't thank them enough. What brought you to Sligo Rovers in the first place? Uh, I was at Cardiff City and they decided to release a lot of the, the pros there and Billy Sinclair at the time... Uh, was just uh, took over at Sligo Rovers and uh, he approached me and Chris Rutherford and it was actually through John McClelland the Northern Ireland Rangers Leeds legend Uh, he was from Portadown and it was him that the connection with and we decided to come over had a look around Sligo and we played in a friendly against Celtic uh, at the showgrounds here and the people treated us that well we just decided to give it a go and Chris has been here since and I've just been up the road in Ballymena ever since okay lovely lovely and the 1983 cup run what do you think was the key to that when you look back on it now um obviously uh, the comradeship was extremely good a great set of lads and 
basically we just we, we, we were never going to accept defeat until the final whistle if it was ever going to happen and we knew with the Cove Ramblers episodes we knew we were going to win it we felt we felt that way. that was the making of the team was it we felt that way we felt so strong we're going to win this and to go to Bohemians own patch and to beat them on their own patch that's that's like I say unforgettable times and 40 years on finally is it nice to be able to reconnect with some of your old teammates it's fantastic it's, there's quite a few times that uh, I've come down to Sligo and, and met up with one or two of the lads here and there and it's great to see them and uh, like I say to go over old times and hopefully everybody's going to keep well and healthy and looking forward to the match tonight this is Joanne Stenson, daughter-in-law of Steny and granddaughter Amber. Well, Joanne, what is it like to see some of your dad-in-law's old teammates back together again? Do you know what? It's really lovely to see them all in the one spot. Um, talking about the memories has brought back, I suppose, a lot of joyful moments for them all. Um, it's just great to see them all together and be in the one spot. We're privileged to be in the same room as them all. You're living off tales of 1983, I'm sure. Indeed, yes, yeah. Um, love hearing the stories, love hearing back and watching the video clips of the, the goals Jenny scored. Um, it's just amazing to be, to be part of the, the whole bigger picture now, I suppose, and the, the story that made history yeah. all those years ago. I was only, what, maybe four or five, but um, little did I know that that legend was going to be my father-in-law one day. Yeah. Well, he was one of the legends, not just of that season, but of this club, Tony Stenson, and not just because of the goal, the equaliser in the cup final, but the partnership he had at the back with Chris Rutherford. And how aware were you of that growing up? Do you know, my dad, Lord Mercy, and him was a big fan of the Rovers, and I, he would have come to some of the, the matches as well. But um, I probably wasn't that aware, yeah. you know, back then. I was too young and probably, you know, more you grew into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but over the years, I came, started coming myself. But um, it wasn't in the later years until I met Mark that the whole realisation of who Tony Stenson was and what he did for the town and county and Sligo Rovers became a reality. And, um, yeah, over the years, we've just... Um, I've been honoured to call him my father-in-law, come into the showgrounds, his face on the wall there in the, the museum, and one in the back, the pet stop. I know it's gone now, but it was like... To see his face there with Harry McLaughlin, the two yes. goal scorers. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And um, Amber played a game here last year at the Community Games final, and she said she made the comment that every so often she'd look at the back wall and, and get a bit of um, you know inspiration. Yes, yeah, from yeah. Tony's face. Why not? But yeah, it's yeah. Well, Amber Stenson is is Tony's granddaughter. I hear you're a good player, Amber. Is that true? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Will Granddad talk to you about the goal he scored at '83? Sometimes. Yeah. He's proud of it, I'd say, is he? Yeah. But you must like looking back at it on, on YouTube, do you, and seeing it now and again. It's nice to look at it and say, that's my granddad doing that. There's, yeah. not, there's not many Sligo Rover supporters who have a granddad who scored a goal in the cup final. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice claim to fame to have. Yeah. Would you like to score one maybe for the Sligo Rovers women's team one, one of these days? Yeah. <laughs> she plays centre-back as well, so she's following in granddad's. All right, OK. Are you as loud and as vocal as he was on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're carrying on a proud 
tradition. Finally, Joanne, do you think Tony would enjoy a gathering like this, you know, sharing the tales? I'm sure he still talks about it at home and the memories come flooding back. Yeah, I know he does. And he's disappointed that he's not here tonight sharing in the, the memories with everybody. But yes, from time to time, we, we'll get an old story that he might remember and tales of the trips coming back from Dublin and maybe not getting to work the following day. For, but um, yeah, no. He, he would be disappointed but he would have loved to have been here with everybody else yeah, and sharing the memories and living, reliving them all again yeah definitely let's have a word with two more of the men of 83 Gus Gilligan who scored some very important goals that season in 83 and other seasons and also the player manager that season the man who led Sligo Rovers to their first ever FAI Cup success and that's Paul Fielding does it feel like 40 years ago Paul? Uh, if you had a photograph of me now, yeah, it looks like 40 years anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, time passes quick, as I said before. Um, you know, the previous 40 years, the club hadn't won anything, and the 40 years since have been a lot of success. So it's great to be a part of that since, yeah. Yep. You still look fit enough you could do a job in a five-a-side match. Yeah, well, I, I did bring my boots, but I don't think they're that stuck today, you know, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I would still kind of keep myself fit, yeah, play a bit of golf, whatever, yeah. Is it nice to reconnect with some of your former teammates here at Sligo? Oh, yeah, it is, just old memories, they're just talking over, you know, some things you can't repeat, but I mean, uh, generally just saying what a good time you had, but I think football back then was far more enjoyable, there wasn't so much um, science or rigidity about it, you know, so uh, it was more like free spirits, you know, that's what we were, yeah. Well, let's try and share some of the broadcastable stories from 1983. Um, Gus Gilligan, I remember that season vividly because it's the team, I was nine years of age, and so you, you, you absorb everything that's happening. And I remember the league wasn't going brilliantly, and some of the wags on the terrace are saying, this isn't the great Sligar Rovers team. And yet, there was a feeling about the cup, and if this team got up ahead of steam, something might happen. I'm wondering, in the dressing room, did you guys have that sort of feeling as well? Well, yeah, that, that season was a bad season for us, but we, we all uh, uh, got together in the cup runs. Now, I was out injured for most of that season with a cartilage operation and things like that, but I came back towards the end, as people know, with Cove Ramblers. But, uh, yeah, they, we had a very bad season with the league, and, uh, but the cup run uh, was great. I think it was Drogheda. I think we... It was the first game, and then uh, was it? Home sh- farm. No, home farm. Oh, sorry, home farm. Sorry, and then was it Sham? Yes. Sham, Sham, and then when we won that, we knew we were on a, a, a good path. And after that, you know, it's it's history. You know, we we met Cove Ramblers four replays, which is unheard of. It was more like a cup final as well. You know, with Cove Ramblers as well, and then up to to Daily Mount and Bohemians. You know, we came back. Um, with cup winners, it was, uh, you know, first time I didn't realise, you know, the, the power that that cup had. And this is 40 years later and we're still talking about it, you know. I remember being behind the wire, the second replay, and Cover 2-0 up. And, you know, the place is packed, but we seem to be in all sorts of trouble. Chris Rutherford to the rescue and Gus Gilligan to the rescue. Correct, yeah. Chris got two amazing goals with his head. And then the third goal happened to be a header as well. But uh, that third goal that went in, we knew Sligo Rovers, uh, their name was on the cup. So, and that's what's happened 40 years later, you know. But that must be a very special moment for you to score the match winner that day. It was that day, you know. Um, you know, it was one of these things that I'd come back from injury and 
Paul, the manager, asked me, Gus, he says, I'm going to put you on, do your best. And that's what I did. And that's why they signed me, because I was a goal scorer and just happened to have a lucky a lucky day yeah, okay. uh, it certainly it wasn't just a lucky day no, a special no, no. day uh, Paul Feeling as manager of the time and you were player manager too so you had to make the call on when to play yourself and you know there were key moments where that really worked a treat you also had to stick Gus Gilligan back together with bits of sellotape Chris Rutherford the same how did you put it all together from memory well no just Gus just said that, um, that the season didn't really go to plan with regard to uh, staffing I and mean, we were on a limited budget and Gus got injured very early in the season and he was formed a striking partnership with, with Andy Elliott. And I think if Gus would have been fit for the whole season, we'd have finished much further up the league. And then them days, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a big squad like you have today. I mean, I think 14 or 15 because of, because of the budget, you know. So, and then going back to his surgery, we, we, we got the best we could for him. But even now, nowadays, he'd be back a lot quicker. So it just came back at the right time for us. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask you about one other player too because he didn't always start but he often came on and he came on and did some crucial things at crucial moments and that was Mick Graham, Paul Fielding. Yeah. Um, how did he become part of this Rovers team? Well, my, my, we didn't, there's no agents back then. There's only James Bond, I think. <laughs> um, so I used, to, I used my contacts in England who I played with, you know, I was playing for Rochdale and my, my contacts there in the coaching fraternity and Andy Elliott and Mick Graham were, were recommended to me and Mick, uh, what was said about Mick is that, you know, he's a box player, you know, you get on the end of things, you'll finish things off the goal scorer, you know, so that's where he came in and, you know, then again, he scored, he, he rescued us in the first game, away to Cove and I think he got one again in one of the other games. So he was always there or thereabouts and um, in the cup final then I was involved, um, get, had to go on because Chris, Chris was injured. And then Mick was the only fella on the bench. And I suppose in hindsight, you know, when you're involved in the game, if I was still on the bench, I probably would have put him on, you know, Gus. <laughs> but, 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 any, but anyway, you know, it went out okay, we saw it through, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guys, as you look back now, I mean, you know, life has changed, football has changed, we're all getting a bit older. You have son, grandson here tonight with you, Gus. The, the, the three generations of the Gilligans are here tonight. Correct. Which correct. kind of is a nice little oh, symmetry it's, it's, with your yeah, yeah, time no. in Sligo. And, uh, yeah, John, Jonathan, my son, and Noah, my grandson there, you know, they wouldn't miss this for love or money. You know, the, the, they said, Dad, oh, my God, you know, 40 years later, and you're still around, like, you know, <laughs> nice as I am, and hopefully for another 40 years. But, uh, yeah, it's a great... Uh, it's a great um, day for us and uh, a great day for Sligo Rovers. And I know finally, Paul, you guys did lots of other things in your football career. You were in the Irish League and across the water very successfully. But I mean, this retains a special place in your own career. When you look back on the things you've won or the big matches you've played in or teams you've managed, this has got to rank highly. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, um, the Deputy Mayor in, the, you know, said about um, Sligo, the people in Sligo have always welcomed us, you know, and um, from day one here, you know, I mean, maybe it's because, you know, we had some good results early on, we won the league 66, 76, 77. From then on, you know, I said they took us to the hearts and, you know, we're part of our fabric now, yeah. Well, this is George Chadda, the son of Johnny Chadda. George, I'm wondering, what do you think your dad would make of a reunion like this, the 83 team? Well, I think he would be very happy to be here. Um, the, the 1983 FA 
Eye Cup win was really a very special time in his life. Um, why, lived, so, why so? Well, he lived for Sligo Rovers. It was in his DNA, part and parcel of who he was, right up to the time of his death. Um, and that, you know, that success was very, very sweet for him. I suppose what's, what's rare is sweet, and he certainly was a very, very happy man on that day. And really, he enjoyed every minute of it. I think the other end of that really is, it was a temporary reprieve from the financial situation that prevailed at the time. Um, the league run wasn't great. The cup run was very special and brought in revenue, particularly the games with Cove Ramblers. And for people who were fundraising day to day, week to week, to keep the club alive, it certainly gave them a short reprieve and really a well-deserved rest. But certainly the first cup win was very, very sweet. And he certainly, you could see it at home in terms of his demeanour, his happiness, the enjoyment, and actually the enjoyment of the family as a whole really, was yeah. really very uplifting and upbeat for a long time afterwards. It did transfix the entire town. And even though he wasn't a player, he was an administrator. So you got a sense firsthand what it meant to him to win the cup at last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Austin, when you're working hard you're committed to the club your love is for that club you're doing what you can in order to bring success on the pitch and the only way you could bring success on the pitch is by making sure that you have the finances off the pitch in order to um, to sustain you know the wages that players need at the, or were getting at that time so when you see all of that come to fruition with the success of winning the FAI Cup you'll hold it for a very very long time because you just don't know when the next one will come or if it will come There are so many distinctive Sligo Rovers voices George but surely your dad's is the most distinctive of them all to this day for the UCD game this weekend it's his voice we hear when the teams go out the players' tunnel. That must be a lovely sound legacy for the Chada family all these years later. It's great to hear his voice at all the home games and we're very grateful to Sligo Rovers Football Club and his fans for recognising him in that way and keeping him alive really in the showgrounds, which it does. And I'd say little did he think that that would ever happen but it really is a wonderful gesture on behalf of everybody that his voice is heard um, on match days and particularly it gets very emotional for me on European nights or European nights particularly I think the success we had under Paul Cook and the European games I mean for to see the stadium full to actually experience the atmosphere, the buzz, and to think of the hard times that were there many, many years ago, in particular when he was 
there back in eight, prior to 83, and indeed him and many others who did a lot of fundraising. It really is uh, a very emotional experience. When people look back at 83 and they go for archive footage, they'll invariably hunt down your report, reports from 83 and this cup run. In a, in a way, was that one of the best stories you got to do because it was your hometown club? Well, it was bigger than that because I had started going out with a girl from Cork. Uh, so I was up and down uh, covering the Cove Ramblers matches. And I married because of it, you know. We got married that year, uh, you know, when we got lucky against Cove. Uh, and then when we won the cup final, we said, this has to be a sign from the stars. But, like, I was there. I'll never forget Mick Graham's goal because uh, he went up. There was a... Eddie Henry used to support a, a fellow who played in the World Cup for Sweden at the time called Kinvall. Uh, and Mick went up in the air and he headed this ball. Oh, it was up in the sky. Bang. Equaliser. And I remember coming back up the road with my father, with Shawnee Hart, with Ed McMorrow on the car. And we sang no, 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 la, 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 the whole way up until we landed in Sligo in time to watch the highlights. And then, of course, there were, uh, there were four games. And then the final itself. Do you remember the day? It was manky. And, uh, like, Stenny's goal was remarkable, like the skill involved in it. And Harry's, will there be a better goal scored? And the fact that he was one of the McLaughlins, yeah. one of the townies, uh, in what's a garrison town, that Harry stuck it in. It just And Fago lifting the cup. Like, it was fantastic. It was... And you're right about um, the trip to Cahanny's. Um, there was a producer in Ireland's Eye uh, called um, John Blackman and uh, he understood uh, what was happening in terms of community and he got the resources and oh, I'd, I'll never forget the fun in Cahanny's pub um, and Anne and Thunder and um, sure it was like we were kings of the world then weren't we? It transfixed the town, though. I was only nine, but I have this memory. It just gripped even people who weren't into soccer. They got into this. Yeah, it did, because I suppose the saga of Cove Ramblers, I think maybe gave it that added spice, because they were very much like us. You know, I met fellas today who were able to tell me that there was a train, Austin, in 1983, from Cove to Sligo. Went into Cork, went up and they did some magic between Houston and Connolly, kept the train moving. So it must have been a six and a half hour run. Imagine, you can't do it now. So that was part of the beauty of it. And we had beaten Shamrock Rovers in the run. And then to get to a cup final, and in some ways we felt I were exhausted and that they found the energy in the piddling rain uh, to win. And, and of course, like Fago, there's no one more Sligo Rovers than Tony Fagan and here we are at an occasion like this and who walks in if you want to get a sense of what Sligo is about I saw it here tonight a girl walked in and she's the daughter of Ken Turner who came here in the late 60s he was on Tony Bartley's team Bartley left Ken Turner took over and you know that was the time of Brooks and Walker and here's this girl and the reason why she comes from Barnsley is because her godfather was Porrick Burke, who was with the club until he died, you know, doing, keeping the locks oiled, fixing bits and pieces around the club. And while her father was here, he asked Porrick to stand for his child. And here she is, 
she saw on Facebook that Horrock had died. She got in touch with Mary McGowan and she walks in to the showgrounds with her husband. Her name is Tracy Williams, living in Barnsley. And she walks in because part of her father's DNA is here and she comes back to be reunited on this occasion. Like it's, this is such a magic place. My dad just said how when he moved to Sligo, how um, the people in Sligo made it so friendly for him and welcoming, and he made a lot of fond memories. Obviously, I've neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which made it all the sweeter. Did he enjoy managing Sligo Rovers? He did, yes, yeah. And again, I've got his memories by all his little clippings and things like that. Yeah, yeah. he did. And you're holding the History of Sligo Rovers book by the Sligo Heritage Group and your dad's name features prominently in there. I think it does, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Who knows, maybe you get a mention, who knows. But uh, that's a nice memento to have. It is, it is. More memories I can keep of dad, I'm going to keep doing, yeah, yeah, definitely. He loved football, did he? He loved football. Right till he had to pack in when his knees packed in, yes, <laughs> he did, yeah. As happens all great footballers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you play at all, Tracy? No, no. My brother did, but not me, yeah. And you listen to the stories, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, lovely to see you here in Sligo. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing defines my life uh, better than, than the Sligo Rovers thing. Uh, if I'd say if as a fundraiser we were to start allowing people to have their ashes uh, left here in the showgrounds you know there'd be quite a rush you know there'd be a hill pretty soon because this is where it's at so many of our memories are here and at the moment uh, I'm involved with the club trying to get the money uh, to develop for the next generation and like it's a hard enough job it's about 1.9 million now to run the club every year and you see the bigger gates with all the other clubs as well the League of Ireland is taking off we have no sugar daddy we have no major sponsor we can't sell the ground so we're going to be depending on the state so in the discussions we're having with the different government agencies all we say is come and just get a sense of the showgrounds 12 acres in the centre of the town just feel the love there's for the place uh, and you realise that for us this place defines us and in my work in life beyond my work in life uh, this is this is the emotional nerve centre of, of us this is our beating heart a voice you'll recognise Tommy Gorman, lifelong Sligo Rovers fanatic and RTE's Northwestern correspondent back in 1983 when Rovers won the cup for the first time, ending that flavour of the 40-year reunion at the showgrounds, marking Sligo Rovers' first FAI Cup success. And a special word of thanks too to Aidan Mannion from the Sligo Rovers Heritage Group who came into possession of the old Radio Sligo footage from 83 and has helped bring that footage back to life.